Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. It's me, PB, back hosting again. Got a little bit more energy, but uh, I am ill. So forgive my nasal sounding voice if it uh, is disturbing you. But um, yeah, I'm joined by Pat again. Pat, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Pat again. Does that mean I'm turning into like a music artist or DJ? It does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? <laughs> how have you been? Uh, freezing, isn't it? I played on uh, Friday night, minus three. I've got to say, it was some experience and it's probably what has led to me being ill. Yeah, I'm playing tomorrow, which is due to be the coldest day of the year. Coldest day in like however many years as well. It's supposed to be loads of like minus six in London. So Mm. I I genuinely don't remember it ever being that cold. And I've I've definitely not played football. Yeah, I think that's what made me realise it when I was playing football. I thought I've never experienced this kind of feeling on a football pitch where the the sweat is freezing instantly on your hair. <laughs> uh, that was a new one, but there we go. I mean, Arsenal have been playing some games whilst we've yep. not been doing podcasts and because um, <clears throat> throat for the first time, they've certainly not been in minus temperatures no. over in Dubai. Lucky they've actually that. won a trophy since we, since we last spoke. Yeah. Eight, just... eight points. Eight points from two games and a trophy one. I mean, if we keep that up, we literally are breaking records left, right, and centre here. Have you? Did you catch any of the games? So, I watched the I've watched the whole Milan game, um, and I've watched the highlights from Leon. What about you? I watched maybe thirty to forty minutes of the Leon game in the background, and then I maybe watched about thirty minutes of the Milan game. Um, mm. my main takeaways were the Leon game was very much a, looked like a training game, didn't it? And the Milan game felt a bit more intense. There was a couple of scuffles and uh, stuff like that. But the yeah. one standout to me was actually Fabio Vieira looking quite good. I'm interested mm. to hear whether or not you think the same because he looked a lot sharper to me than he has done in the season. Yeah, I mean seeing as I watched the whole Milan game, let's talk about that a bit more. But we we beat Leon 3-0, some good goals. Vieira, of course, scored in that one as well. Um, and then one on on the penalty shootout that followed a 3-0 win. For those who, who don't know, there is a penalty shootout after every game in this Dubai Super Cup that we have now won um, that saw teams get an extra point. So not only did we win both games, 3-0 against Leon, 2-1 against Milan, we also won on penalties. So good signs there. But... Yeah, I think in the Milan game, I, I guess the first thing to note is the lineup because um, I guess if people haven't been taking close attention to our preseason, they may be surprised to learn that Ben White started 
for example, in this game. Thomas Partey started. Um, Partey, of course, featuring heavily for Ghana just a couple of weeks ago in the World Cup. Uh, and White, of course, leaving for personal reasons, but has joined up with Arsenal and started this game. So we had Carl Hine in goal, but we had a back four of White holding Gabriel Tierney. We had Partey, Lokonga, Erdegaard, and then Vieira and Ketia Nelson. So a lineup that's not probably too far pet from, from what we're going to see on Boxing Day, you think. Maybe Xhaka comes in. Um, I don't know what will happen with Saliba, but obviously the goalkeeper... Saka should come in now that England have left uh, and Martinelli. But apart from that, it's, there was a bit of a structure there. And I guess that was the first thing I noticed in the game, that it looked very like Arsenal that I remembered pre, pre-break. pre They seemed well-drilled, well-structured, um, and players sort of playing the appropriate role. Uh, Vieira playing on the right side in this game and we talked about his position on this podcast a few times and, and I've always said that I think that position, at least until he gets more accustomed to the Premier League, could be where he has the most impact for Arsenal. And <clears throat> we'll come on to transfers, but it is interesting because we had looked at, we had seemingly been looking at a backup for Saka, hadn't we, in the market? But um, the most heavily linked is is Mudrik now from from Shakhtar, who's much more of a left winger. So mm. it's very possible that the club have sort of looked at Vieira now potentially as as being heavily used in that that right area as well. And yeah, he he's done really well um, in this game. I, I had a took a few notes as I was watching it, and a couple of couple of notes on his name. Um, good movement, got much more involved than we've probably seen him in in some of the the real game so far. So hopefully that's something that continues into the actual football, but certainly promising, promising signs for him. I mean, what do you think Pat on in terms of his position and where we might see him mostly in the second half of the season? I think he likes being central, but he is a final third player. And uh, I know this is weird similarity or comparison but a lot of people talk about Phil Foden being kind of this link eight or this kind of midfielder and I've kind of looked at Phil Foden a lot more in more of a winger attacker sense like he's played a bunch of force nine for Man City like Pep wants to use him on the flanks and as far forward as possible I think that's for a reason because he gets goals and he gets assists and he's very dangerous within in and around the the box. I kind of feel the same about Vieira. Like when we've seen him drop deep and try and link play, not that he's bad at it. I just think that he's the guy that receives the ball in the final third and makes the final pass rather than the guy that does the the pass before that, if that makes sense, whether it's Odegaard or Partey or Xhaka or even the Congo at times. And yeah, I, I just feel that Maybe, and I know we've been linked with a central midfielder as well, but like maybe if a central midfielder comes in as well and a left winger, that means that maybe Smith-Rowe gets some more central minutes. And if that means that Vieira gets more of his football on the right-hand side, it kind of makes a bit of sense to me. And and look, we've seen, I know we we always compare Arsenal to City, but we've seen City use Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, uh, and a bunch of... players out on the right side but like Mares and and 
Silver are completely different players, right? Um, one is very much more your midfield winger. One's more your kind of forward winger. So I, I don't... A lot of people have been thinking about having a direct replacement for Saka in terms of skill set and, and having comparable skill sets. But I, I think it's fine having him out there. Um, and hopefully he can showcase some of his quality in, in, in the season. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting in terms of who, who we do go for. I'm, I'm sure we get a forward in, particularly with the the Gabo Jesus injury. Um, but there are options there for for people to move around and and perhaps even it be beneficial, like for Vieira, for example, to, to play more minutes on the right. Our left wingers in, in Smith Rowe and and Martinelli. Martinelli could, of course, play through the middle a bit more as a central striker. Um, Smith Rowe's even been used as a false nine. Smith Rowe could play attacking midfield. But I guess just a note on Smith Rowe. I don't believe, unless he came on late yesterday, I don't believe he played at all. And we talked on here on the last one about how... It, I think you asked me how excited I was for him to come back. And I said, I'm not particularly excited because I... I don't anticipate him actually probably finding fitness. And I just wasn't confident that he would be really back back. And yeah, he, he's not played in either game one minute. So do you think that the pressure of getting him back fit quickly has been reduced by the fact that England and Brazil have both gone out quite early and the fact that we're maybe going to see a winger in yeah. January as well? But we've talked about this before on the podcast about moments in, in people's careers and this was a window of opportunity for him in terms of having these pre-season games where, you know, Saka Martinelli are coming back earlier than expected probably, but they're not back for both of these games and Smith Rowe wasn't. If Smith Rowe had started both of these games and played really well, we could have kicked on and gone from there. I just worry, particularly if we're bringing in another left left midfielder, um, Smith Rowe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I really, really want it to work out for him, but it is really concerning in terms of what's happening from a injury point of view. And <clears throat> I really hoped that this this sort of mini preseason would be his his chance to start the season and, and come into it. But I've not seen any sort of quotes on him or anything, Pat. I don't know if you've. Fartet has commented on it. On Smith Rowe? Yeah. Uh, he said that it, 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 he's been very like close back about it, but he has basically said they're working him back to fitness. I, I mean, j- just on, on your point, like I think it was always it was always a long shot that he would have the capacity to start first game back against West Ham. Who are like I I would have always thought that Arteta would play like Reese Nelson ahead of him in terms of even if Smith-Rowe had gotten some minutes in these games, I really do think that he, he wouldn't have started just because it's a big risk, right? I do think that the fixture that probably is earmarked for his return is is maybe Oxford United on the ninth. We've got... West Ham at home, I don't know if you chuck him in for the first game back, that seems a bit crazy. Brighton away, maybe you could see him getting some sub minutes there, but um, again, not sure. And then Newcastle at home, like, that's probably going to be our 
one of our biggest games in January in, in a very tough January. So I, I, I don't think it, it would have been feasible to see him start any of those games. I think it's a big ask for someone to come back from surgery, basically, and go straight into the first team from a Premier League perspective. I kind of expect him to come back for that for that Oxford United game. Um, I'm still yeah. excited by it, but yeah, like you, I wish it would have come a bit earlier. Yeah, it's just whether there's that room then, you know, if, if we're still on, I, I don't think we're, we're going to win the title, but if we're still on title pace and and our top players are still firing, how, how much can you get him into the mix again? But yeah. hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed, I just, yeah, as I say, I would have really hoped to, to see him in these couple of games. And we have still got Juventus, haven't we? Yeah. Back at the Emirates, is, is that it? Before the That's in three days, yeah. Yeah, so maybe we'll see him have some minutes there. Um, but that will be our last game before West Ham on Monday 26th, Boxing Day. Hmm. So I, I would say my general feel is I felt, considering the, the main players that were out, I felt fairly happy with our performance and our structure. I would say it tailed off in the in the second half as we started to make changes. Um, my one concern probably that I would report from the game was was our defending. I got a few notes. Um, holding was turned quite easily, a bit like he was in the, was the PSV game. Yeah. Um, he was turned on the edge of the box and they hit the bar, I think at 0-0 or, or quite early in the game. Um, their striker had a, a free hit. He sort of got between holding and Gabriel. I'm not quite sure who who should have been picking him up, but got between them quite easily. Had a free header, should have scored in the first half. So, you know, better quality against us. We might have been a couple of goals conceded in that first half, despite being quite quite good in the build up and in attack. And in uh, for Tamori's goal in the second half, I think it was Gabriel sort of just lost a, a straight one to one header with Tamori for the goal. So. That's my only sort of slight concern, probably, that defending, particularly from aerial balls into the box. Obviously, we we don't have Saliba, but um, yeah, Gabriel wasn't perfect in, in that department. It's normally one of his strengths, but mm. great to see White back um, because I think we'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Saliba, considering he hasn't really played, but he's going to be there to the end now. Um, we're obviously I... recording on Wednesday, so we'll see if he loses... Or, yeah, ho- hopefully they win. Yeah, because it means that he will probably play the first game of the season, right? I mean, it seems to be the trend that players get like between four and seven days off, depending on who they are. Like, I think Shaq has been with the squad since they've been knocked out and was in training for the first time a few days ago. Um, yeah, I think I, given I, what he's done with everyone else and the fact that it's what so it'll be Sunday. So it'll be over eight days from the final. My my thinking is that the 17th will tell us a lot about whether or not Saliba starts. I think if Tomiyasu and White both play, then I would take that as a sign that they're not counting on Saliba for the 26th. Um, if holding plays, I don't know... Um, I have slight concerns about playing holding. I mean, I should be able to negotiate one game with him, but I just think when you're when you've started so well, you just want every every potential good thing going your way and and every edge you can get. Um, yeah. And you know, we both have thoughts on on holding, but um, I, I wanted to ask you, what did you make of um, 
Eddie and Ketia's performances because obviously it's a big chance for him with Jesus out. We haven't spoken since Jesus's injury, have we? Actually, so obviously that's that's a big big blow, massive yeah. blow because he's probably been our best player and, and leader from the front, and now Eddie has a big chance in kind of this this next yeah. run of ten games or so, I guess. Yeah, the only note I've got on him was I've put Eddie trying Jesus esque take and turn mixed results. <laughs> So I think what I meant by that is he, I noticed him dropping in, you know, the classic Jesus move, sort of dropping in, then using his body to to turn a defender and, and run and start an attack sort of from the halfway line. I noticed that he'd do that a few times. And I put mixed results because he didn't, you know, he's he's got a lot more strength than we realise, I think, Eddie, but it's the, it's the ability to use your body. I think that some people just have and, and others don't. And Eddie's really trying to learn that because I think naturally that's really something not in his game to, you know, to take and turn, as I say, but it's something that Jesus really does. I think positive that he's, he's clearly seen that and probably been coached, coached to do that because he can see that the striker in the system sort of adds value by doing that. Um, I think it's going to be a case of there's obviously going to be a quality drop-off from Jesus. Um, but I just hope that I think he's got the right mentality. I think he's got enough raw ability to, so long as we've kind of, we don't lose another one in that front three. Uh, you know, I'd like to see Saka and Martinelli either side of him in, in pretty much every game. Because I think once you change two of the three, we may lose something. Then, you know, I'm going to, get behind him and and really hope that he can he can bring it into the Premier League because we're going to need him to and and I don't sense from the rumors that we're going to look for a central striker because of Jesus's injury it does seem like we'll still go for that wide player and I think it'll be a case of if, if Eddie isn't delivering sort of throughout January then we may well um think about a short term option if there's something there depending on how Jesus' recovery is going. But I think he'll he'll certainly get January to to try and impress. And, you know, I think he probably deserves it. We, ultimately, we fell short at the end of last season, but... He did as best as he could, right? Like, he was one of the reasons he, he surpassed we expectations, there. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How, how are you feeling about him? Uh, I'm... I, I, I like this. I think feels that there's a camp of people who think Eddie's amazing and a camp of people who think he's awful. I'm probably in the middle of that. Like, I don't think he's amazing, but I do think he he is a good player and he's still young. And there aren't many 23-year-old strikers that are better than him. And I know that's not saying much because strikers tend to develop later, but he he has the potential to to do a lot for us. And... I think, like, you know, he also played against a very good player in Tamori. That was definitely a bigger challenge than what he had against um, Leon. But I do think he'll 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 probably do fairly well. Um, I, I I wouldn't put it past him to score a few goals. It's just whether or not we maintain our trajectory with him in the side, and whether or not we're as good as a team with him in in the side is is the kind of question that needs to be answered. And I'm sure we'll get the answers to that. Probably by that Oxford United game, right? Those first mm. three games, you know, will probably 
be enough to tell us whether or not he's got what it takes to take us all the way. Yeah. And I mean, I feel for him a bit because as you say, I don't, um, he almost can't win unless Arsenal do incredibly well in, in quite a tough schedule whilst, whilst Jesus is off because even if he scores at a better rate than Jesus, which I think is very possible because Jesus's goal scoring really dried up. Um, people will look at however we're playing and say that we're missing the other ingredients as he's had. So it, it's going to be really difficult for him to win everyone over for sure in this period, especially with the games we've got. Hopefully we can make some signings in other areas that just make us in general stronger um, and put us in a better position to to come out of the, the spell without Gabriel Jesus in uh, in top condition still. But um, I'm trying to think of examples when you know, injuries have, have kind of allowed us to find another player. And basically last season, Lacazette got injured and Eddie went from being a player that I think uniformly everyone at Arsenal thought was leaving. And I mean, everyone at Arsenal in terms of the fans and didn't really care that much that he was leaving. And then he signed on and everyone was like, you know what, like, fair enough, he deserves it. Big pay packet, but, you know, how much would it cost to replace a player like that and getting two forwards in one window rather than one? And now it's his opportunity to kind of change minds again and, and say, rather than going from, you know, Europa League standard player to, are you a Champions League uh, standard striker? Are you a, a, con- a consistent Premier League goal scorer? And it's a big opportunity for him. How many times have we seen... You know, players get injured and 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 uh, players step up and make careers for themselves off the back of it. So, yeah, I, I hope for him he can do it, and I hope for Arsenal he can as well. Um, but I I I I definitely think we'll be worse without Jesus, and I am a bit concerned about how how light we are on on the numbers in the forward areas as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely got to be addressed. Uh, my last thing from the game would just be to comment on Erdegaard, who had a, a very good game, scored a, a beautiful free kick. And um, worth noting that he played, he sort of was subbed just before 90 minutes, I think. Um, the same with Tierney. He was sort of 80 minutes. <clears throat> and Eddie as well. So the players who sort of stayed behind have clearly maintained a level of fitness. And I think in Leon we saw almost the entire team change around 60 minute mark. So in this game, the the World Cup players, the Ben White and Partey came off at halftime. And and I think we did see a drop off in performance because of that. They're both very key in that, in that build up. Um, Cedric and Elneny coming on. I guess the other negative probably from this off season, Pat, is another uh, fitness concern in Zinchenko, another player we've not seen yeah. in either game yet because he's he's been excellent really when he's played for the most part but the problem we've had is he's he's probably been less available than Tierney uh, which is he was brought in to, to do the exact opposite so that is really concerning it's hard for us I guess to elaborate and comment on more without knowing exactly what's going on but what what I will say about him is that he I think unlike Tierney and unlike a bunch of injury-prone players we've had before, he strikes me as a guy that knows his body quite well. And I I think 
maybe looks after himself fairly well. And, you know, the minute he was fit, he comes back into the side against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and helps us assert dominance and stuff. I honestly have no doubt in my mind that if he's fit enough to play on the 26th, he'll start because... I think him and Xhaka, uh, him and Arteta clearly have a, a really good relationship, one where he he trusts him a lot on the pitch, but also off the pitch in terms of, you know, that, that I think there are players, maybe like Tierney, like Tomiyasu, where if you ask them whether or not they're fit, maybe even like a Gabriel Jesus, where you ask them if they're, if they're ready to play, they maybe aren't in their heart of hearts truly, truly honest. And, you know, we've seen how that's hurt us in the past with Tierney getting re-injured and... Tommy Asu getting injured a bunch and so on and so forth. So uh, although I definitely agree, like there is a, a massive concern around how much football he's missed and, you know, the, the games that he has played in, we've looked way, way better on, on, on the whole. I do think that he is, the fact that he's like on a bike and he's kind of training inside and, and doing bits of work outside makes me think that I'm, I'm not too concerned about him in the running. Mm. Yeah. I guess it's just a shame that we've had this break and we, yeah, we saw it for players like Zinchenko and Smith Rowe who weren't going to be going to the World Cup. We saw it as a chance for them to have a sort of mini preseason and come back firing. And as yet, and with only one game to go, we've not seen either of them. So that that's uh, that's just like downside considering we've lost Jesus as well. And um, I think Tommy Asu is going to be quite interesting to see what we do there because yes, he played for Japan, but. Uh, off the bench a couple of times. He clearly wasn't fully fit, but it's a World Cup and he helped them get out the group. Um, I just wonder if Arsenal will see his current condition is still injured, to be honest. I don't mm. know. Um, we, we had the physio after one of the games sort of say we don't have to rush people back this year, like like we did with Tomiyasu last year. I think we were doing the sort of Japan in the World Cup thing. We were We were chucking him in as soon as he possibly could get on the pitch. But I wonder with White seemingly okay and, and back in, whether Tomiyasu is immediately in selection. That'll be interesting to see because, you know, there's injections and all sorts they can get. And it felt like to me when I was watching Tomiyasu um, for Japan that there was maybe... I know he went down at the end of one of the games and, and he claimed he was doing it to... Um, I don't know why he said this the press but I think he actually came out and said um, that he wasn't actually injured he was um, just trying to break the game up which was interesting for him to tell everyone but maybe he was only saying that so that he could get selected for the next game I just think the World Cup is its thing in itself so I still have some slight concerns over Tomiyasu's reoccurring injuries as well so yeah I'm more worried about Tomiyasu than I am anyone else really yeah yeah so still some worries but um let's remember we've won a cup and and performed very <laughs> well um and some highlights particularly in Vieira Erdgaard very good um Partey came in looked his looked his usual self at the base there in that first half um so I think there's there's reasons to be optimistic ahead of the season restart which Obviously, it's home to to West Ham on Boxing Day. I think it's quite nice that we come back to to a home game. Um, feel f- fairly confident for that one, but uh, you never really know what you're going to get with West Ham. They've they've had mm. a poor start to the season, haven't they? But yeah, they've got to click into form at some stage. 
Yeah, and, and I guess we thought we'd see two quite weakened teams in them not having Rice and, and them not having Paqueta. Um, and now it looks like the only person they'll miss is Ogerd from from uh, Morocco. I, I, I take it he's been pretty good um, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, but he's also injured and been playing with injuries and stuff. So um mm. seems like they won't have him. But apart from that, they should be full strength. And, you know, they'll have players like Antonio and Bowen who haven't had good starts to the season, but they've had this break to reset. And, and you know, how often have we seen players come back and start the new year really, really well? Um So this could be annoyingly for us, like it would have been great if we played them when, you know, when Spurs played them, for example. Um But just goes, it just goes like that, doesn't it? In the Premier League, sometimes you play teams when they're at the absolute bottom of their barrel and they can't they look like they can't do anything and they beat you and, and vice versa you play teams that are on a high and, and you beat them so maybe it doesn't matter in the end so let's like yeah let's let's see what happens with the West Ham game I'm fairly confident for it I'm a bit more apprehensive about the Brighton away game and the Newcastle at home game I think if we can get seven points some way somehow from those three fixtures I, I think that would be an amazing return really um if you ask me now you're guaranteed six i might even say yes um just because i think that is a pretty tricky run of three games isn't it okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think it's also three games that we can confidently say we're not going to have a new signing in for because it's Boxing Day against West Ham at home, New Year's Eve or Brighton away. So both impossible for that and then Newcastle at home on the third so no one's gonna be in and and ready for that game either we then have Oxford and then Spurs away Spurs away on January the 15th I'd like to think we may have done something and at least have someone available on the bench for that one and and then United the following week so yeah these are the three games we've got to tackle certainly with what we've got uh, and that includes some players who are returning who maybe in in different physical condition as well we don't know i mean saka's done brilliantly for england but who knows what he was being managed through as well um but it it was interesting really look at at, is it richarlison who's now out till mid-january yeah that's what i mean in terms of players have been playing through injuries and having injections and things but yeah on saka as as brilliant as he was he only played 60 minutes in the first two games, didn't play the third game. Um, played 70 probably in that, in that, yeah, then um... sort of played 70 70 over, over a few weeks. So he's played four games, not completed 90 minutes at all, and not and... much traveling either. Like, no. all the games are really close by, aren't they? So, I mean, look, ben... we're putting it in simplistic terms that the yeah. kind of mental fatigue of those sure. games is, is very high but you think that physically he's okay and just needs a, a kind of four or five day reboot before 26th yeah I mean if anything I, I took his performances with England as a 
as a real positive and oh, it's fantastic we haven't talked about him but i mean we all love him people know I, I i adore him and um yeah been really been rooting for him in in the world cup and thought he was absolutely brilliant obviously three goals got an assist in terms of winning the penalty for kane against france should have had another assist for kane in the first half if kane just lift, <laughs> lifted it over Lloris. yeah um and what what I liked after the France game is he sort of got the collective appreciation of of the country. It felt I I felt most people, even even my mates of other clubs who I been drumming on about Saka for years, and uh, they they at the first opportunity trying to put him down as, as soon as they see him do something wrong in uh, in classic banter against me. But even they were sort of all collectively after that France game saying. He was brilliant and, and shouldn't have come off um, yeah. at the time. So great to see. Uh, he hopefully... was against an exceptional left back in Fernandes as well. Like that guy is an absolute steam train, and mm. I think he did very well against him going forward. Like I think he he had him on toast basically the entire game, but then going backwards as well. Like we we hardly saw Theo go forward, so I think yeah. that was real positive. Um, should, should we finish up with some uh, transfer news? Yeah. Transfer talk? Let's do it. You lead with it, Pat, because I think you're more uh, up to date with the with the oh. transfer talk. All I see is Mudrick. <laughs> well, the latest is everyone seems to think that Mudrick's going to happen, right? Ornstein came out saying that he's our lead target. Um, he also said that Jao Felix is on the radar. Yeah, he also said that, that Matthias Cunha could be on the radar. Um, which is interesting, a player that you and I have both liked for a while, actually. We talked about him on this podcast for maybe a couple of years now. Mm. Um, there's also been reports from you know, Fabrizio Romano. I don't know how reliable he is these days because he's he's basically just fed information, isn't he, from agents and clubs. But he now says that we've kind of cooled our interest in Danilo, um, the central midfielder from Brazil, which is kind of surprising considering there's been so much noise about that. But I, I that I don't that's something that Ornstein also corroborated in saying that he is not a target as things stand and as he's he understands things. So that, that, that's kind of the latest. Have um, they sort of said that about Danilo based on him or based on the position? I honestly have no idea. I th- yeah. I think it's I think it's on him. Um there's been again Tielemans murmurs but a lot of that is more for end of the season rather than mid-season so you know I wouldn't be surprised if something was announced on that in like March or whatever and we brought him in but yeah I mean we we kind of on the the eve of the the Jesus injury and the news and when no one knew what was going to happen and and now he's had surgery and we know he's going to be out for you know at least a couple of games and I kind of worry whether or not we'll see him at all that much the rest of the season. I mean, a knee surgery and then a couple of back. months, I presume you mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, <clears throat> it wouldn't be shocking to me if he didn't play till like April. Right. Yeah. Um, you said he'll miss at least a couple of games and I got excited. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I meant a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's at least a couple of months until he's in training and then like getting yourself mentally and physically ready after like a, basically what is a ligament reconstruction, right? Is is not no easy feat. I mean, um, it's something that Xhaka came back from in, I think, 70 days. Um, but I do think that man's a cyborg, so I don't know whether or not we should be using him as an example. Mm. Um, 
and we kind of debated whether or not Arsenal need to sign not one but two forwards because, you know, if we think about it, we went into the season a forward light um, with the failure of bringing in uh, Rafinha and, you know, we were very openly in for him. Even Edu said in those interviews, you know, we tried to buy him, couldn't get it done, all that kind of stuff. And that was before we knew that he, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe was going to be injured. Um so we kind of went into the season one player down, I guess, in the times of what we wanted in the forward areas. That we lost another in Smithrow, so that was kind of minus two. Yeah. Smithrow has come back. If we get Mudrick, we'll kind of be on par, I guess. But with Jesus out, it, it does beg the question as to whether or not we'll kind of double dip in the forward market. I, I find it really unlikely. And I think that if you can get Mudrick over the line, that leaves you with... You know, Mudrick, Smith-Rowe, Reese Nelson, Ketia, Saka, Martinelli, which is six, Marquinhos, seven, and then Vieira, who can play on the right as well. That's kind of eight options in those in those forward areas. Yeah. Um, and I then mean, I, guess it, I, I guess the question is, like, is this now a necessity, considering maybe our title, there's title talk on, on the cards still? Yeah, I think based on what you've said there, I just wonder if... I don't think we should be taking a risk on the midfield, but whether the priority is a Mudrick and uh, the two Atletico players are really interesting because both Cunha and Felix, I think we haven't seen the best of them at Atletico because of how they play ultimately. But I think both, you know, good age profile, versatile forwards that can play across the front three ultimately both of them can play centre forward and we've probably seen those rumours come out more since the Jesus injury um, and I don't know they strike me as deals where you could potentially get a loan with option to buy considering particularly Cunha who, who's barely sort of playing for that's exactly what I was thinking for Atletico so you know a, a Cunha loan with option and uh, and a Mudrick as a sort of double forward thing makes sense to me I mean Cunha's behind really Griezmann um, Angel Carrera as well they've got obviously Felix um, who's their other striker as well there's a lot of forwards there and they don't play Morata as well Morata they don't play attacking football so he needs <laughs> he needs a move Cunha because he, he was really good I saw him quite a lot um, in Germany and um, you know he's not Jesus level, but I think he's he's the type of player that can come in, play centre forward, can play left and right as well. He's a, he's a tenacious Brazilian forward ultimately, and yeah, a loan deal there plus another wide forward like a Madrid. Just makes just a lot to of make sense. you a bit scared, by the way, I've just gone an FB ref. Guess who the first player comes up in the similar players to Mateus Cunha? <sighs> Scared. Who do I hate? Rob Holding? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Think striker. <laughs> Imagine if it was Rob Holding. That would be funny and really concerning. Yeah. Um, Think striker. You know him very well. Does he play in the Premier League? No, not anymore. Not Giroud, is it? It's Alex Lacazette. <laughs> Lacazette, yeah. 
but actually Jesus is there in fourth and yeah, he can Ishak move a lot quicker in sixth. Yeah, who, who we've been linked with in the past. Latara Martinez is there in second, who we've been linked with as well in the past. Yeah. Um Firmino's there in, in number ten as well. So I think if it's you look those at those type of this, forwards, yeah. yeah. It's, it's your Martinez, Jesus, Griezmann, Firmino, those sort of nine and a half. And that's yeah. how I how I think about him. And a player who can also play wide as a as a wide forward as well. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And we were linked to him, I think, before we went to Atletico. So you know, as is often the case with players we buy, we have been tracking them for years. May have a relationship with their his agent. Not sure who his agent is, but obviously Brazilian. I was literally uh, just looking that up who his agent is, um, wondering if it is the one and only. Eddie could have links. George Mendes. It's Bertolucci Sport, who are the same agents for uh, other than um, our, our own Big Gabriel. Um, Danilo as well and uh, Bruno Gamarash who we were obviously linked with but um, he clearly didn't do us a favour there um, I'm just trying to look and see if there's any other players that we've been linked with uh, on, on this list but you know he also manages Felipe at Atletico Madrid and you know so he has a good relationship with them um, yeah I, I, I wonder um, and, and also you know looking at some of the players he also they also represent Diego Carlos, who recently went to Aston Villa. Um, Gamaresh, obviously, who's who's recently gone to Newcastle and and, and really lit the world on fire. Um, Andreas Pereira, he got him a move to the Premier League. So he, you know, over the last six to twelve months, he's gotten his clients a lot of moves to the to the Premier League, um, probably for for money reasons. But you know, Matez Kenya is still twenty three. Yeah. I really feel that this is, and I know these aren't the strongest links because it, it's just a mention in a in an Ornstein report. But like, if you could do that with an option, like loan to option to buy, I really think that's like a, a almost genius. Like, it would be a really smart deal. Yeah, I mean, you can't lose. He had he had options across the front three. Great age. I think you'd lock him in. You know, the the loan with option to buy, the buy option would probably be locked in at something very reasonable because I don't think he went to Atletico for a huge amount of money and he's obviously not really played there. So I think, I think we'd get 26 we'd get million euros to yeah. uh, Atletico Madrid. Um, he went so, from Leipzig to Hertha before that for 18 million. This is the classic fix a broken player type of type of project. But Yeah. It's going to be 15 to 25 million probably as a buy option, which which you don't even need to take up if it doesn't work out. But I, I, I think, as I said with about Danilo on the last podcast, you know, we've got a, an environment here for for Brazilian players to thrive that maybe they they don't at other European clubs. I talked about Paqueta at Milan not really finding it, but then finding his his feet in in Leon. And sometimes these players um, just need the right environment in in Europe to to excel and. It would be a really low risk, smart signing hmm. if we could do that, especially on a loan. What about um, Jao Felix? Because those rumours seem to be a little bit hotter because there's some coming from Spain and from mm. Portugal as well. Some fairly credible sources saying that he is definitely leaving, whether it's in January or the summer, probably January. And Arsenal very much in and amongst that group. I mean, he is obviously exceptionally talented looked amazing in this world cup hasn't he um after basically 
looking not very good for six months at Atletico and um you know questions about his dedication I actually saw him in a club in in Lisbon over the summer so I've always thought oh you know what's that say about him <laughs> it was at like 4am as well um what's that say about you uh uh yeah i guess so he he looked like he was enjoying himself more than me to be fair surrounded by lots of lots of people and um people drink, bringing him drinks and stuff um th this is a player that like i i can't see this one happening because of the wages he's on like two hundred fifty thousand pounds a week or something like is that it? he's on a, he's on a crazy yeah he's on a big big contract wow. um, i don't know what the exact numbers were but i can't imagine us doing yeah. this thing basically I'd, I'd be suspicious of as you say it's a bit hotter in the press probably just because of his profile as you say wages the amount of money involved to to take him to atletico initially is probably why there's more you know the fact that Cunha's just been subtly mentioned by some reliable people is probably makes me think it's more likely that, that we haven't heard about it lots I think, as you say, this is this would be a big money deal. He's, you know, he he's versatile. He can play behind the striker. He can play wide. He can play sort of as a false nine. But I mean, where would you? He's not a player who you can, you know, the amount of money you spend, he's got to be in in your in your first yeah. team. Yeah. And when Jesus comes back, where where are you playing him? You know, because we're very much playing a four-three-three now, so I, I I couldn't really see him playing one of the the midfield positions, probably in that front three. But he's more of a a technically secure player than a than a sort of finisher as such, isn't he? He's a bit more of a build-up player. So in the front three, we tend to play Saka as that player on the right, and. He's not going to keep Jesus out. So it just doesn't add up to me. And the fact that his profile in terms of his best qualities don't really match to other targets we've got or other players yeah. tends to make me think that there's not a lot in this one. But, you know, an excellent player. And maybe because of his wages and the amount of money involved, they would be open to a, a sort of... It's the type of thing where you see him go on Inter, go to Inter for two years on loan or something with a with a massive buy option. So, you know, maybe if the deal's right, Arteta sees him as a player we could use, but I just don't see once Jesus is back, how you, how you keep everyone happy and get them all in the team. Yeah. I, um, I really, I really don't see the Xiao Felix one happening. I really don't. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be really surprised if that happens. The other thing is, I think we just lose a ton of physicality in our forward line without Jesus. And I think Eddie, as you said, you know, he's really built up that strength and tenacity and looks a lot quicker and sharper. But I do think that, you know, if you add Madrid, that's kind of like a sprinter, someone who's like so quick off the mark and really powerful. And, you know, you see him in the gym squatting like crazy weights and, uh, you know, his kind of sprint times are just absurd, aren't they? So we're kind of gaining a bit of punch and, pace and power if that happens which I think everyone's kind of like it feels a bit like the Orshavin deal ages ago where we didn't get him in the summer and then talk just 
up and up and up and then he eventually kind of did all those interviews and got himself out of the senate um feels very similar to that i know it's not just because of the the same kind of part of the world but and Kenya's, you know, six foot and a bit. He's maybe not as mobile and skillful as Jao Felix, but I do think that I, I worry about having like a forward line of very similar-ish players with similar-ish qualities. And, you know, if we look at the kind of trend of, you know, City buying uh, Haaland, the kind of big, powerful kind of wall player and... Um, the Liverpool buying Darwin Nunez, who's kind of a, of a similar ilk and in terms of pace, power and size and heading ability. I, I do wonder if, although Jao Felix is immeasurably a better player, um, you know, he's he's just so, so much better. I, I think in terms of the deal, the kind of fixing that broken player and just the, the size and power and, and kind of wall up front that we can play off, um, Kunya feels a more smart option. Yeah, I think if you look at what we've done over the last 18 months with the market, um, you know, profile of players not really played into who they go for. If anything, it's it's probably been against it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair to say if if we, you ask us both, who we think the most likely is out of, out of those two to arrive, it's it's Cunha. Um, it seems to make sense for all parties. Probably makes sense for Atletico as well. Given, what do you um, go on. I was just going to say, like, in terms of the Mudrick stuff, do you think there's now just way too much smoke and there's a ton of fire there and he's, you know, essentially going to be ending yeah. up at Arsenal in January? I guess so. It's a player I'm excited to learn more about because I've seen him in the Champions League this year. I've, I've kept an eye out for him. He's had some, some really good games there, um, but hadn't really heard of him, to be honest, before the summer when we were initially linked a bit. He's a player who, from from the stats and the highlights, I have slight concerns about how he'll play against deep blocks in the Premier League. But I think he's he's clearly an ambitious player, as you say, looks after himself, he's young, has all the raw materials to do really well. Um, the fact that he's massively left-sided as well and where he's played previously... But we talked about at the start of the podcast about how potentially the error playing more on the right sort of counters that need for for someone who can play on the right. And uh, Smith Rowe and, and Martinelli able to play another position. So I, I think there's still room for him. Um, I think it's all probably about the sum of money involved because I've seen some scary figures with all those things considered. Some figures that I think that's that's sound the one pretty thing. Excessive. But if you've not been paying attention to. Um... Mm. Ornstein also talked about, he said, everyone close to the player and the club and everyone in the know um, says that those numbers are not what's going to happen if a deal happens. Um, yeah. They're all saying that it's probably what, what between I don't want 50 is this... to 70 million euro mark rather than 100. Yeah. What I don't want is this, is to drag on throughout January and because we thought that didn't, wasn't it the same info for Douglas Louise? Deadline day, so we spent all of deadline day trying to call their bluff. Um, and then they ended up rejecting some quite meaty offers and, and to be fair to them, have signed them up to a new contract now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that one, but I'll, I'll be excited if it happens. I just think we, I think that, that 15th of, of January game against Spurs should really be our target to have someone bedded in, you know, 
at least have a few training sessions and be available from the bench on because it's those games that could make the difference at the end of the season. You know, we, we've mm. seen it be a couple of points and it cost us last season in the end. Um, let's make sure that's not the case this time around. But plenty of exciting things to happen. I mean, the Arsenal are back very much so. Won a trophy, eight points in two games. Transfer rumours starting to flow. World Cup will come to a complete close on Sunday. But for us, uh, England fans anyway, and probably most of you listening, whoever, whichever country you support, is probably out by now because mm. most of them are. Um, so it feels pretty much over to me and I, I'm ready to turn my attention firmly back to Arsenal. We have a game on Saturday against Juventus and yep. then it's the 26th against West Ham. So as I'm sure all you listeners will appreciate, we're heading into a festive period where schedules of recordings are probably going to continue to be a little bit littered around, but we will definitely speak to you before the West Ham and after the West Ham game. Um, and then in January, we'll we'll look to get back to our normal Monday schedule, um, presuming everything is still normal in the world, which uh, isn't always the case. Well, hasn't been the case for a few years. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't give us any bad foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> I just just was putting on a, like a Cunha comp in the background, and now I'm convinced we're going to buy him. <laughs> the fated error isn't it but it just like i just you know i feel that that like kind of punch and physicality up top the the agent kind of thing who his agent is and we've basically been yeah. linked with all of his clients he's probably a friend of edu's or something like that um, it makes sense for the price availability potential loan age and ultimately profile a player you know he has yeah. some similarities to, to what Hezzy's going to offer us up top so yeah let's wait and see on that one I mean we've got the the YouTube channel that we did some transfer videos on over the summer so obviously if we are strongly linked to, to some players as January approaches we'll, we'll probably do a couple more of those as well so to take a look at that if you haven't already uh, there's probably some players we did in the summer that we're still being linked to that you can have a look <laughs> at but um yeah, we've been the Fresh Arsenal podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fresh Arsenal Pod if you haven't already. And please subscribe because whenever we drop a podcast over this festive period, it means you can listen to it immediately. So there'll be more on fresharsenal.com as well, covering the transfer news as and when it comes in over this crazy period, which hopefully it will be crazy, but we'll do something sooner rather than later, I really hope. I've been PB, your host at Ollie Price Bates, and I've been delighted to be joined once again by Pat, who can be found at AFC Pat. Thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next one. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.